I would like to just formally announce, I said this to Chris already, but I'd like to just formally announce that uh, the Tumblr people are referring to Loki and Mobius as Wowki. I'm sorry, the as ship what? Name, the ship name. As what? Wowki, as in like, wow. It's, because <laughs> it's God. Owen Wilson, yeah, yeah. it's like wow. Wowki. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Someone on that on Tumblr today. I mean, like, Lopius is right there. Some people do say Lopius or Lopius. Okay. But Wowki is one of the hashtags that I've seen. Wowki! The other thing I've seen on Tumblr is uh, a lot of fan artists being like, I can't believe I'm here drawing fan art of Owen Wilson. I know. I'm doing it. It's shocking. I never thought I'd be doing this, but here I am. When I just heard that he was cast in this, I was like, what? (laughs) He says, like, I was watching interviews where he's like, I'm like, I've never, I really don't care about the MCU. (laughs) Well, apparently, too, it wasn't just for, like, Owen Wilson, but, like, Tom Hiddleston, apparently he does, like, lectures on his character to everyone that's involved. (laughs) He, like, gave Owen Wilson, like, a, a class on Loki to, like... Which Warm him up as to what was happening. Yeah, which I guess, like, it kind of makes sense because, like, Owen Wilson's whole character is supposed to be, like... He the is Loki. 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 Yeah, like, the titular, titular yeah. Loki character. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Owen Wilson and Gwyneth Paltrow would have a, a similar conversation of just, like... So, wait, what was your movie about? Because wasn't there also a thing about, like, Gwyneth Paltrow that was, like, totally checked out from the movies? She had no idea she was in a movie with Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah, I remember Marvel one point, ones. like, they, like someone told her she was in a Marvel movie, like, a specific one. She's like, no, I'm not. Well, and then later, um, she apparently... And this was, like, a story I think Sebastian Stan has told where she introduced herself to him as if they had never met, and he was like, <laughs> I know we've been in, like, three movies together. And she's like, I mean, what? I guess the question I would ask for that, though, is, like, they may have been in movies together. Were they on set at the same Probably time? Probably not. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, it's possible that they are indeed aware of each other, but it is possible that maybe she did never meet him. Sure. What did Darcy end up, like, what is her specialty in? Like, is it radiation? Or, like, wait? I don't know. I mean, now it's in um, strange alternative reality sitcoms. Yeah. But she she was, she found it because she was, like, she's studying the waves, right? Yeah. Off the energy, or? Right. I'm I'm a little unclear as to, like, what her actual science field would be. What are any of your science fields? What's Pim's? Shrinking. (laughs) Shrinking. So don't forget who's taking you home Or in whose arms you're gonna be So darling, save the last dance for me Oh, baby, won't you save the last dance for me To another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie, a themed cocktail, and then talk about what worked, what didn't, and how they would fix it. I am Chris. They're both equally delicious. Ravel. I am Lee. All are embarrassed. Delahanty. And I am Brendan Alzer. Assholes, Drischler. And if you couldn't tell from our uh, amazing nicknames, we watched The Big Wedding from the year 2013. Starring I, it, so many people, uh, yeah. Susan Sarandon, yeah. Topher Grace, Catherine Heigl, Diane Keaton, Diane Keaton uh, De Robert De Niro, Ben Barnes, Amanda Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried yeah, Christine Ebersole, yeah. the male character actor who played as Amanda Seyfried's dad. David Rash? Rash? I don't know how to Sure. Sounds yeah. right to me. And of course, Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin mm-hmm. Williams was in it too. In a, His second go around is playing a funny priest. <laughs> with funny being. Funny, yeah. Yeah, funny being. Stretched. A, you know, like in terms. Of, I'm sure the script says that. <laughs> oh my god, I would love it if the parenthetical for each of his lines was. He is very he funny. Says it really funny. <laughs> it's really funny, though. <laughs> I was really hoping that Robin Williams was going to. Spice up everything. Robin's like, nope, I'm doing what it says on the paper, collecting my paycheck, and going home. I hope it was, I hope it was Robin's call to wear that, like colorful caftan at the end. Anyway, what we drank was the Muffin O'Connor, which was named after Christine Ebersole's character. It's pretty simple to make. It was just two ounces of silver tequila, four ounces of lime juice, four ounces of guava nectar. Add in a pretty decent few shakes of uh, lavender bitters, uh, shake over ice, and uh, yeah, pour it into a glass and enjoy. Oh, uh, muddle some basil. At the bottom of the shaker, and yeah, you garnish basil. with that and lime as well. And uh, yeah, the the it comes out looking kind of pink. Uh, all the green accents pop. Uh, what did we think? It was really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I got no beef with this drink. And I makes a nice drink. <laughs> Sorry, that was the reference to the Arnold's rye bread commercial. <laughs> oh right. The one where the, the from a deli owner. From a deli owner. That's right. From a deli. That's that's right. Right. From a deli that's exactly that's how right. the deli owner says in the commercial. He goes, "It makes a nice." Sandwich. 
watch it. It's, I have it favorite on YouTube. If you ever uh, need it, I, I make sure. That is a rave. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was tasty as well. It's very tart, not too sweet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, not, yeah. not necessarily first, that wedding-y, but you know. First yeah. mark down. It's a win. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a tag. The first, the first yeah. mark of the wedding and mark season. Yeah, no, you did good. Now the pressure is on Lee to uh, come up with a trashy frat bro. It's margarita. gonna have to involve blue out. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking. I mean, I don't think you should actually do this, but the idea that always crossed my mind is how you can do like that redneck margarita with Mountain Dew. No, oh. yeah. nope. There's I also a thing, there is a thing called a fresquerita. That is a thing. There is, you know, I'll have to I, check I the like movie fresca. again. Where it's fresco, tequila, and salt. Literally. I have easy access to it, but there is like there might be a specific thing they drink in the movie that I could reference. But if mm. not, there's a bit where they eat like really trashy food, so there might be a drink that goes along with it. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> like our uh, Sugarloaf Mountain Deluxe or whatever. <laughs> oh, the fuck yeah. That God, is. yeah, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> um, coma. Success of the drink. We were glad with that first mark. Yep, yep. Um, good Morgan. So, uh, what is this movie about? Can anyone tell us? Yeah, I mean, I will try to do the thing. There's so many characters. I will try I to do know. the thing where I say the actor. The well, first I think time, at the but... end we can just go through the okay. list. If you yeah, forget, like, it's I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, just go through the list. Okay. It's just too hard to like look at that and be like, "Who's played by this person?" Who's yeah? There's a lot. Yeah, fuck that shit. Go ahead. All right, big wedding. <laughs> Don and Ellie Griffin were a New England couple married for 20 years before they divorced. They have three children from their marriage: Lila, Jared, and adopted son. Alejandro, as they <laughs> like to say, who originates from Colombia. In preparation for Alejandro's wedding, Ellie arrives at Don's and her old home and lets herself in. She interrupts Don just as he is about to perform oral sex on, is it Bibi or Bebe? Bibi. His girlfriend of eight years and Ellie's former best friend. All are embarrassed, <laughs> but they make small talk and he shows Ellie to her room. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alejandro and his fiancée, Missy, are meeting with Father Moynihan, the priest who will be, will be marrying them. It is revealed that Alejandro's biological mother, Madonna, is going to be coming from Colombia to the wedding, which upsets Alejandro since he does not have a traditional family and his Catholic mother would not approve of the fact that, of that or the fact that Don and Ellie had been divorced. I mean, she at least has to prove that it's not a traditional family because you gave yep, her up. it's your right. fault. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Lila, who reveals she has separated, goes to the hospital and sees her 29-year-old brother, Jared, and OB after passing out. They talk and it is revealed that he is a virgin and is waiting for the right one. Back at home, Alejandro tells Ellie about his mother coming to the wedding, explaining that she is a devout Catholic who doesn't believe in divorce. Alejandro asks Ellie and Don to pretend to be married for the next three days. Hearing this, Bibi becomes upset and leaves the house, uh, clearly upset at dawn. Alejandro's mother arrives with his biological 20-year-old sister, Nuria. Later, Nuria flirts with Jared after she brazenly strips naked to skinny disc in the family's leg. <laughs> Is it presentation if you're just showing someone your naked butt? <laughs> As yep. he watches. <laughs> She's presenting like a baboon. <laughs> yeah. That evening, the family goes out to dinner with Missy and her parents, Muffin and Barry, and Bibi shows up as their waitress, which surprises everyone. <laughs> Meanwhile, all are embarrassed. <laughs> all are surprised. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nuria starts fondling Jared under the table, and Ellie sees Nuria giving Jared a handjob. Uh, she takes Nuria to the restroom for a chat, telling her that American women behave differently with men. <laughs> when they arrive home, Jared tells Nuria he wants to have sex, as she had suggested earlier, but she tells him no, asking him instead to do romantic things for her, such as read her poetry. Don and Ellie, meanwhile, end up having sex after Ellie, still pretending to be Don's wife, sleeps in Don's room. Ellie and Madonna go for a walk in the woods and talk. Neither understands the other's language, though they think they are communicating on some level. All are wrong. <laughs> All are wrong. <laughs> At this point, wait, wait, did this synopsis mention that they had sex? Yeah, it did. Okay, okay, I just missed just it. Said, oh. Yeah, they, they had sex while pretending to be... Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I missed the first one. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, At the same time, Don and Lila talk privately, and Lila reveals she is pregnant. On the wedding day, before the ceremony, Don tells Bibi he had sex with Ellie. Bibi says she forgives them, but then punches him in the face. She also reveals that Ellie cheated on Don with Missy's father before Don cheated on her. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Muffet says that she knows about Ellie and Barry and tells them that she is bisexual, implying that she is interested in a sexual affair with both Bibi and Ellie. <laughs> Meanwhile, Missy and Alejandro have decided to get married on the family dock to escape the chaos. The family runs after them, and after some of them fall into the lake, the wedding reception is on. Some are wet. Some are wet. <laughs> During the reception, Jared goes upstairs to talk to Nuria, who tells him that she has decided to no longer follow Ellie's advice about not being available so, so available sexually, and they sleep together. <laughs> Back at the reception, Ellie and Bibi have made up. Don surprises Bibi by proposing to her, and they get married on the spot. 
Lila's husband Andrew arrives at the wedding, and upon finding out that Lila is pregnant, reconciles with her. Alejandro, that's all it takes, guys. <laughs> Alejandro's mother realizes <laughs> she has been lied to about his family, and he runs after her as she starts to leave. But she reveals that her own past was not as pure as he thought. No shit. And she, too, had to lie to protect him, and she forgives him. Time passes, and it is revealed that Lila has had a daughter named Jane, as Dawn attaches a plaque with her name to their family tree, which is an actual tree. Yep. The end! Four are married. Four are married. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Four are married! That's just... Some are wet. We watched the movie. All are bored. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I mean, all were constantly talking about something else. So just real much. quick, Robert De Niro was Donald Robert. Gri- this has like fucking middle names. Someone must have like peeped the screenplay or something. They must have. As Donald Robert Don Griffin. Diane Keaton is Eleanor Ellie Griffin. Catherine Heigl is Lila Griffin. Topher Grace is Jerry Griffin. Ben Barnes is Alejandro Soto Griffin. Susan Sarandon as Beatrice Martha B.B. McBride. Like, did they even fucking say Beatrice in that movie, let alone Martha? Mm-mm. Amanda Seyfried as Melissa Missy O'Connor. Christine Eversaw as Muffin O'Connor. David Rash as Barry O'Connor. Anna Ayora as Nuria Soto. Patricia Ray as Madonna Soto. Robin Williams as Father Bill Moynihan. And Kyle Bornheimer as Andrew. I also just think it's ridiculous that... Alejandra's mother is literally just named Madonna. Mother. mother. A little on the nose, yeah, don't you real. think? <laughs> I mean, everything on this move in this movie is on the nose. This movie was shot uh, like on the nose. I mean, it was. Just everything about this movie is very on the nose. Anyway, um, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I feel like it's it's hard to kind of uh, put this up into sections because this movie is very meanders it's very mushy but i kind of wanted to start there just in terms of what is the 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 structure of this movie you know what just I, before we get into this what we really should have done we should have had every past guest in on this episode as like a big get together had them all stay in this apartment and then let the drama fly and then, well yeah we what have to shame. we have to make sure that two of the people are exes and they fuck by the end yeah. of the feels- episode I mean, to their point, I mean, it feels like this movie should have just been a play. <laughs> yeah. Like, could have been. A bunch of people are all in this room or like this setting. And right. Could, like, and they just bounce off each like other. Like a bottle Yeah, like a claustrophobic amount of time and space. And right. just have different scenes of, of people butting heads. That's what it should have been. Right. It's not that. What no. it was is it's like they, they, they establish a ton of shit right at the beginning. There's a bunch of different storylines. Uh, there's Catherine Heigl's with I like, mean, they establish, yeah, right. They establish all these problems, some of which don't really matter in the long run. <laughs> Like the fact that some of which do, but right. didn't necessarily need to, and then get very easily resolved. <laughs> anyway, and who yeah. cares? But like you have shit like Amanda Seyfried's parents are apparently super Catholic, which does not come up in any meaningful way with her parents. You would never know this from talking to them that they're very religious people because they never act like it or say anything to that effect. Ever. But like they're apparently religious enough that they have to consult with a priest prior to their wedding. Mm-hmm. You've got like that. You've got the deal with his mother. Mm-hmm. You've got the deal with um. Robert Nero and Diane Keaton sort of, I guess, being in the same place for the first time in a while or something. I'm a it little seems confused that way. about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I guess Susan Sarandon kind of wants to get married, but Robert De Niro kind of doesn't or something, but then he kind of does at the end because he says he had the ring all the time anyway. So, like, what the fuck was that shit about? You've got Catherine that's... Heigl's bullshit with her husband. But that's what... every plot. What you said would never do. That's every plot in the movie is like somebody wants something and then they say, actually, I don't want that. And at the end of the movie, they're like, yeah, actually, the first thing I wanted, that was what I wanted. Right. <laughs> and the other person's like, well, actually, I can make that happen for you anyway yeah. at the time. Oh my god! Why didn't you just so, say this in the first that's place? That's so true. Topher Grace, let's fuck. J.K. I don't want to fuck anymore. J.K. JK I actually JK, do, do want to fuck. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I didn't really. I, I remember seeing it in the movie, but you like describing it whenever you're reading the Wikipedia synopsis, where it's like Diane Keaton basically takes the Colombian girl size. Like, ah, I don't know how you do things in your country, but in America, yeah. women don't just immediately go give guys hand jobs under the tables. They like to be read poetry first. So, like, I don't know, maybe get a longer <laughs> skirt or something and ask him to read you something. It, okay. It, it, it is a funny instinct, though, to be like, what two characters should talk? Well, it should be the most buttoned-up neurotic one should talk to the most sexually free one ever. But isn't Diane Keaton supposed to have been, like, liberated or some shit? That's what I'm saying, too. It's not like she's, like, uptight or she against like, sex. But she's presented as uptight. But she said that, no, that she, they she? said, like, she, don't you know Tantra, Diane Keaton? At yeah. the beginning of the movie, like, oh, didn't yeah. you go discover yourself? And, no, and she mentions, like, women's lib and bullshit like yeah. that but later on, too. So it's also just, like, just, like, always in these really stiff-looking outfits. And, and that's just Diane Keaton, She's always right? just standing at Keaton wears. She's, like, just standing at the hippie shit, like, the, the kombucha that, and then she's, like, drinking a Snapple instead and made sure to turn that label to camera. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is just, it, it's, it's such a 
strange pairing. Like you think again, yeah. like Lee said, the obvious thing to do is to like get all these polar opposites to like have the polar opposites bounce off of each other. And here it's just kind of like Diane Keaton slut shames a girl. <laughs> Why exactly? Well, yeah, for no reason. And yeah. just in general, it's like yeah, we set up all of these events, plot issues, non-issues, and then. You, they essentially just put them in stasis for the meat of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, Until the very end in which we just kind of go one by one and we, uh, solved, solved, so solved. You, so you'd like to know the structure of this movie. Yeah. So the structure of this movie, everyone has a very like minor problem that is solved in like one scene. Yeah. And you get all those problems. You just like figure out what that problem is. You have uh, three beats to that problem, which is that thing I talked about earlier where it's like, I want this. No, I guess I don't want this. Fuck it. No, I'll get this instead. And then what you do is you take all those up, you cut them up into little pieces of paper, you throw all the pieces in a hat, <laughs> and then you just pull it out, and it's like, okay, this scene we're going to resolve Catherine Heigl's bullshit, right. then we're going to resolve Ben Barnes's bullshit, right. then we're going to resolve De Niro's bullshit. That's how this movie was made. Yeah. It's really true. It does feel very scattered and fragmented in that way. Yeah. And to the point where at times I was like, I, I guess it's supposed to be an ensemble movie, but I did just keep wondering, whose story is this? No, whose it's like, it's, I never thought a movie with 18 plots could have no plot at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree, I agree with you that I think it is supposed to be ensemble but there's such focus placed, I think, on Robert De Niro and Diane Keaton in the beginning, because Robert De Niro is narrating the movie from the mm-hmm. beginning. And Keaton is the first kind right, of Keaton's the first character. one you see. And so you sort of get the impression that, like, it's kind of mostly going to be about them, but also about, like, their kids and their various other family members. It's not really about them. It's, it's sort of them, and it's also sort of Ben Barnes and Amanda Seyfried. Well, the thing that I think I'm most surprised on is how it's not about Ben Barnes and Amanda Seyfried. Because right. they interact together, like, once before the wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, just on their own without another character present. Right. You get one scene, well, it's, like, split up, but it's just them in the car talking where Amanda Seyfried's like, what the fuck is your family doing? <laughs> and he's like, whoa. But, like, for for the, a story that is sensibly about their big wedding, right. I don't know who these people are. You get, like, all these dumbass details about how her dad's in financial trouble Crisis, because yeah. he's being like what, what is it like audited or something I don't know we're, uh, or being he had like a property foreclosed yeah him. like like he has no money right now or something but they're trying to put up appearances like they do yeah right but also like that doesn't matter because what happens at the end like does anything come of that no. or is it just like oh like a fun way to like be like oh these, these fucking jerks they think they're so high and snooty <laughs> but I just, really I, I feel like ever since Brendan off mic had compared this movie to being kind of like casual yeah it is like that, I think, just with, like, what if it's all just very boring straight people? Um, and I think just it's so bizarre to set up the O'Connors, who in looks, in act, in, in all of the jokes at their expense are about how, like, conservative and rigid they are. But that is not the driving antagonistic force that is creating this entire ruse it's the Alejandro's biological mother who has been out of his life for a pretty significant period of time... Yeah. would disapprove of the divorce his adopted parents it's just such yeah. a much and more labored no, way into that A no one should need to appease and also B clearly she couldn't care that much about divorce if she had a kid that she surrendered for adoption your moral high ground is kind right. of and right like, I, I get that there are various reasons right? yeah, like, yeah, like but, at the end of the day you have to know that this is not your kid you know Yeah. it's nice you to appease you have limited ability to you know feel justified about right yeah <laughs> I understand like wanting to invite your birth mother to an event like this but yeah. like it's just it's nuts that these people are bending over backwards. What's she gonna do? Is she gonna take them back or something? Right. Well, what's, yeah. what's what's the worst case scenario? It's also bananas that she doesn't really end up caring that much. That what little we do get to see of his mom's inner life, she's freely discussing wanting to have an orgasm that powerful with Diane Keaton. So by right, the which end admittedly, of it, that is also very weird to me. It's super weird. But by the end of the movie, we functionally have never seen this woman express displeasure or disapproval at anything that they were so worried about. Well, to be fair, whenever Topher Grace and Diane Keaton fall on the floor, she opens the door and is holding rosaries and is, like, fondling them and going, like, hmm, why? I don't know. Why is she so upset that they're on the floor? I think that's meant to be, like, an external perception that like they they just perceive that in that moment to be I think she's just like smirking at them or something yeah I think probably like if we saw the inner monologue of that character in the moment she would just be like what the fuck is going on yeah. it, 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 not in any kind of drift but I think the whole point of that plot if you can call it that is that <laughs> there's this like expectation that this woman is judgmental and then the sort of the punchline of that is that no she doesn't give a shit well and right. so we reach the end of this right and she literally is asking her son Ben Barnes like why why did you lie to me about this so at the end of the day 
They did not bend over backwards to appease this rigid woman. They bent over backwards to go with the insane lie that Alejandro had been telling his mom for years unnecessarily. Right. I mean, I think there's a version of this where you get a little bit more of his mom's perspective, maybe with her daughter. You learn very early on that the mom's also lying about, like, the situation right. here, where she's just sort of like, I want him to think that, like, I'm such a good and, like, chaste and wonderful person. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, like, I had him out of wedlock. I got knocked up by some rich guy. So if it was just, like, if the entire movie was also her pretending to put on this front, while you, the viewer, realize that this is not the case, and it's all just a comedy of errors because everyone's trying to be something that they're not. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whereas in this one, she's exactly. kind of, like... Out of nowhere, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, she's like, boy, I sure wish I had an orgasm. And you're like, what? What? It's like a very, it, again, it's just a very poorly written version of this type of story, because, like, you have the thing with the the, the muffin fucking whatever his name is. Muffin yeah. O'Connor. Muffin, the, the other, the, muffin the, the bride's family, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how they have this facade of respectability, but right. they're, like, running out of money because of their bad business deals or whatever, yeah. and then they both have, like, secret other sex lives and right. shit. Right. Let's just break into that, where also, we, they explicitly call bisexual sexuality fetish. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's weird, right? <laughs> well, I that's mean, a weird thing to it's do, It's awful, it? It, it, it's, it's bad, but also you can kind of see this, like, dumb, buttoned-up, like, white woman thinking, Perceiving like, wow, yeah. what, what an exotic taste I have. Right, right. <laughs> women. Sexually yeah. into women. It's that is, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Of her thinking, like, yeah, being into women is just super freaky. It, it is, though, the way that it's presented in the movie, it does kind of just go back to... And I feel like we're going to see this in some upcoming romantic comedies. But we've seen this before where it's like, there's really no joke. Just the joke is gay. these people are gay yeah. or these people are queer in some way. Like, yeah. there, it's the movie appears to be assuming there's hilarity inherent in the fact that they're not Right. If you just say straight, someone is, is into something other than heteronormative. You're like, like, what? That, like, <laughs> it's like that, um, Tom, Tom, yeah, Tom. Right, the, the, the grown-ups. Where someone no, just yes. cancels, I am a homosexual. <laughs> because this movie's posit that homosexuality <laughs> is the funniest thing you can even think of. Truly. <laughs> and I want the, I want to end the movie on a big laugh line. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, uh, like that's, it's that school of, it's, yeah. And I guess maybe if you squint, you could be like, oh no, what they're really, like it's, they're like poking fun at it. And like, you wouldn't expect the people who are so buttoned up. But I'm also like, even if I wanted to take it in that direction, I'm just so not here for yet another narrative being like, did you know the people who are bigots against gay people can also be queer? Like, or just, yeah, like, I'm I mean, aware just like, like these people yeah. who have, like, been awful to Alejandro the entire movie. Right. Who are, like, kind of jerks to his mother and but then sister. What's the, but the, the calm like, down is one of them is bi? Yeah, and it's just like, ah, uh, <laughs> but, like, in actuality, she is the she is the wrongest of them all. Right. She is nature's cruelest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, I agree. Well, what I does agree. It, that, we're talking about, we've talked a lot about this for now for a few minutes, and it is the stupidest, dumbest one. one. Object. It, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like a, what it occupies one minute of real estate. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, was, it was just such a bizarre moment. It's, it's a bizarre, yeah. like, big lipped alligator moment, truly, because it comes out of nowhere and is never referenced again. I mean, it's mostly just, even if she had just said, I was watching it happen the entire time. I would be like, okay, that's a little weird, right? But she's just like, no, the thought of my husband having sex with a woman makes me think of having sex with women, and so I'm okay. With it. <laughs> I it's guess. just like, it's such a long walk to get to that, you know? I kind of feel like at this point, like, there is no plot to talk about. We talked about, like, what the plot is, yeah. right? Like, there, there we is... Took it, we talked about as much as we could about um, the plot. So yeah. I was going to say, like, let's just maybe get into just some character talk. Right. Not only, like... God, it's not only about this... as thin as the plot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, each character in turn, truly. Yeah. But I guess I could say, like, character performances... Everyone's phoning it in. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. No, I mean, I get it. Like, like anyone who has a brain and where the script is like, well, there's not much here for... <laughs> right, no, yeah, like, you can't hold them accountable for yeah. delivering, it like, so lame performances. It is just bizarre to have so many but, yeah, like, big names tower, Just, like, towering people like Dan Keaton and Robert De Niro. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, what the fuck, Susan man? Sarandon. Like, Susan all, Sarandon. Just imagine them showing up to work and, like, all having, like, I mean, Chris, tea on the set and being like, yeah. so we're all just gonna, like... Christine Eversole, like, walk she's... Our way through this. She's yeah. been around forever, maybe not in movies as much as those a other three, person. but she's yeah. a huge theater person. Right, no, I mean, it's just a lot of, like, very talented people gathering together and for what? For maybe what? It, maybe the like maybe it was a fun set to be on. That's what I have to imagine, right? Like but then none of that fun came through. Right, no, but yeah. like it's an easy shoot. This was shot in Connecticut, somewhere in Greenwich. So like
like it's like you're having to travel like to, you know to Europe or something you're probably staying in a very nice hotel in a very nice town mm -hmm. you just get to wake up you go to a house you just chat with people it's not very like stunt heavy or athletic yeah. heavy just a lot of you talking to people all the all older day. guard just going out for the bar every night right exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure they had a pretty nice time yeah. doing yeah. just chatting about what a shit movie they're doing yeah just like enjoying each other's company you yeah know? Which, what that we had such a good time of note like all of the the three like the at least on I didn't really research the other side but like on the main family side of it like they were all like within like three years of each other yeah yeah which was kind of nice that was good no, that is that that is you know the movie I guess should be commended for that because I had yeah. thought that Diane Keaton was considerably older than Susan Sarandon but they're actually like what one year they're apart they're one year apart and yeah and De Niro is like two years older than, than Diane Keaton which yeah. is the closest I think like casting in terms of age that I've seen in an older couple yeah if we have to give if we have to give one flower to this movie it's that they did age appropriate casting. Yeah, so you know, I guess good on you. Except you know? for not to nitpick, but Alejandro's sister is not twenty. No, she's clearly no. not twenty. But but you know, all right, fine. We'll it's a nitpick. Yeah, De Niro. You want to start with yeah, De Niro? Yeah, let's with, start with, with De Niro. Daddy De Niro here. I guess without seeing it, are we just supposed to believe he's like a commitment phobe and a man slut? I don't or know. Was a commitment is... phobe though? Because he's still been with her. It's not like he's still been with her, but he won't marry her. And then there's right. whenever it comes up of uh, Catherine Heigl's marital troubles, she keeps punt like throwing it back in De Niro's face, being like, "This is because I'm like you." And I'm right, like, okay. but like, but again, I don't know what De Niro is like. So right. what am I supposed to know? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think it's a matter of like we no one has any comprehensive motivation in this movie that we're able to grok, and right. so we're just like, IDK, I guess. Yeah. Like again, uh, we're I'm skipping ahead, but like Trevor Grace, she doesn't want to have sex. Why? I don't know. Yeah, he's, 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 he's waiting for the night. He, he wants to wait for the right woman. And then, but he's not going to never find past that. And then he like yeah. literally sees a woman naked. Is like, Bleh! yeah. And he's like, I guess I want to have Which? sex now. Does that just mean that it just took that much effort? Like, all the other nurses that were apparently just throwing themselves um, at I guess because the they had clothes on. <laughs> that would be it. And again, I want to say this pretty clearly. Like, if you... if you, It shouldn't be a weird thing. Like, if somebody decides, like, yeah, I'm not... I either I'm not into sex or, right. like, I just, I just don't want it. I don't want to do it. I want to wait till marriage or whatever. You should not, like, just needlessly be like, what are you... What weirdo? What are you... Right. Weirdo, we freak. Right. But it is weird how fucking wishy-washy he is about it in this movie because yeah. he's just like, I don't understand what changed your mind. Like, right. no. specifically. He says, like, quite clearly, like, I decided sister. to wait until I met the right person. Yeah. He meets her. His eyes bulge out of his head. He hits, his head, yeah, he hits himself over the head with a shoe. His heart starts pounding out through his, his chest. Tongue. His tongue lolls out on the yeah. floor. All that shit happens. And then immediately he's just like, oh, I want her so bad. And it's just like, but like, why? Why do you want her so bad? But then like, what's the difference between her and every other she, woman? She has like a cartoon succubus as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, because true. she's immediately stripping down, immediately giving him a hand job under the table. Which is just insane. <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, no, Here it is. Good. His parents are there. You know, it's he's... one thing to like rub his leg. It's another thing to literally grab his crotch. Yeah. I just, it was, I mean, I guess they move very fast. In, I in guess so. I mean, maybe that's the conversation Diane Keene should have had with her. Like, here in America, we don't fondle people's genitals I mean, under yeah. the table. I we're, we're a trash people. We're not above it. But I guess within her circle, yeah. But, like, we well, don't make a show of it. Right, of course. Who among us? <laughs> um, but just to close it on De Niro, who? I don't know. I mean, okay, like, the biggest issue that I have with De Niro's character is that when this movie started, I thought what the story was going to be, and I guess, again, other small rows to give this movie. I thought it was going to be a story about this couple who was divorced and they like fall back in love over the course of this way kind to of get like back it's together. It's complicated sort of deal. Yeah, sort of like that, except they don't get together and it's That's complicated true. either. So like it was going to be, you know, they have to spend time with each other and they realize like, oh, wow, we were such fools to get divorced. Let's us get married too at the end, blah, blah, blah. And to the movie's credit, that does not happen. He gets with Susan Sarandon, who is his girlfriend in the beginning. But what does happen is when they are together, they do have sex. They bone again. Yeah, it's and Robert so De Niro... And it kind of comes out of nowhere. It does. Well, yeah, it does come out of nowhere. Because it's not even like it happens that night, you know? Like, it'd be one thing that happened that night when he was like, hey, you want to you wanna get back together? You want to give it a roll? Oh, right. It happens, it happens in the, the morning. morning. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's also weird that immediately... Huh. Robert De Niro is like, uh, Diane Keaton, you want to you wanna fuck? And she's like, no, I really don't. I really don't want to have sex with you. I'm going to go sleep in another bedroom. She can't. She comes back, has to sleep with him because uh, Madonna is there giving her the old stink eye with her rosary beads. And then the next morning, it's immediately just like they're having such fucking loud sex that Incredible, people are yeah. waking up. You know? Where did this come from? Literally... Like, the day before, or maybe even earlier that day, I, the timeline I'm not sure about, she punched him. 
Yeah. Why would you not give us the scene in between those two things? Like, what? 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 What made her? What changed? What made her yeah. decide to be like, yeah, actually, let's. I do know, this. and then what made them be like, you know, actually, it was bad. Well, like, and also, why was Janeiro immediately? Oh, Sarandon's gone. Let's fuck. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, no, like, again, what is this character? Is this character that he's horny and goes after like whatever skirt happens to wander by him? <sighs> Maybe. Oh, I mean, just like Lee said, un- no motivation. The so best we could say is like, I guess, like self-destructive. <clears throat> yeah. Like, he seems to make bad choices. Dang. Diane Keaton? Diane Keaton's playing a Diane Keaton-like She's character. She's definitely a Diane Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a Diane Keaton character. Yeah. I mean, again, so, like, on paper, supposed to be this, like, sort of liberated woman. Right, like, this, this woman who grew up in women's lib and now yeah. is, like, as an older woman, is mature and, you know, but, like, in, in, in But then again, I don't see it. full of contradictions, like, yeah. telling this, really, like, condescendingly ter- telling this woman from Columbia, like, hey, in America, we don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, we like we think it's nicer if your boyfriend does nice things for you first. Yeah. Like, I get also that she was just fondling him under the table. Right. Yeah. But, like, you don't go in and be like, uh, maybe, like, don't show off as much cleavage next time, okay? Yes, it was, it's a or like, weird... I kind, of, I kind of feel like if you want to tell someone, hey, don't jack my son off at... Yeah, I think that's yeah, a perfectly fine thing to do at my other like, son's yeah. wedding. Yeah. Weird, weird take. Yeah. Like, weird yeah. take to Like, that's your takeaway, is yeah, that, yeah. like, you're allowing him to have sex with you too easily. Maybe throw up some defenses. Yeah. Well, but I just think it's... I mean, I guess it just... If she was really this kind of mature, liberated woman, I feel like the conversation isn't slut-shaming her. The conversation should be, could you just not do this here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... What you and Topher Grace, my son, decide to do as adults is completely that's for you. Yes, but yeah, please don't do business. that right here. Right, yeah. <laughs> I also think it's very weird. You find out it's just a big shocking revelation, <laughs> blah, 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 that she had, before Robert De Niro and her divorced, she had an affair with who Amanda Seyfried's Barry. Dad. Yeah, Barry, yeah, Barry O'Connor, Amanda Seyfried's dad. Right. I don't know why. Then unknowingly, Robert De Niro had an affair with Susan Sarandon. That's just a thing that happened inexplicably, perhaps, for whatever uh, reason. I don't know why she had an affair with this character, whom, again, she's never spoken to. And they have literally no affection. And I get yeah. also that sometimes you just do dumb shit. I, I don't know. I really thought it was a good idea at the time. I really wanted it's it just, at the time. Why would you ever think it's a good idea to fuck Barry? Uh, yeah, again, there is no good. But also, it's just like, as a twist, it comes out of nowhere. And, like, it's not the game-changing moment that I feel like the movie wants it to be, you know? It's just sort of it like, okay. It does so likely, like, it evaporates immediately. I guess well, right, and you get, like, the one scene of Amanda Seyfried at the wedding being like, your mom fucked my dad. She's like, who cares? Oh, who cares? So, so it's, yeah. It, that felt very, like, we'll put this in the trailer line, like, and bah, 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 bah. It's so hard to talk about the characters, because there are these details that make no sense. Right, I get, like, why would this character do this? I don't know, because yeah. she did. Um, just speaking of whys, I'm just going to use that as a jumping into why are Topher Grace and Catherine Eagle written like a couple instead of like Okay, yeah. Since we covered, we covered Topher Grace, so we'll jump into Catherine Heigl if we can talk about... By way the of their that, relationship. Like, yeah, that these characters, if you didn't know that they were brother and sister, I think their introductory scene plays so a lot like a couple. Yeah, they seem like they want to fuck really badly. If you told me that Topher Grace and Catherine Heigl had fucked during the making of this movie, I'd be like, yeah, I bet they did. I just cannot get it through in my head that she is his sister. I mean, I have a brother, and I don't think it's different, but I'm just like, I just can't imagine being in any circumstance where I think it's okay to make a joke to my brother's co-workers about the size of his dick. All right, so you have that. I think you like, also just have... What? Beyond that, though, the scene where they first... Not where they meet, but where like you see them together for the first time. It feels like it almost in any other movie, that would be the meet-cute for a rom-com. Yes! Where she's fainted, and she wakes up, and the handsome doctor walks in and's like, oh, let's see what's mm-hmm. wrong with you. Basically wakes up. They, they kiss, which I know that's fine. That's a thing that siblings can do. I don't care about it, but it, it doesn't help. Right. You know, the read of this scene. Yeah. I, I'm not really relating quite to the weirdness of the two of them, but... All, semi-related. I feel like it's weird that in my, at least from my point of view, it feels like the Alejandro's like disconnected from the two of the them. The other two, yes. yeah, it does. Like they, they don't have a lot of scenes as like a children together. Right. They have and like scenes. You also don't get a whole lot of like Alejandro with either one of them. Yeah. Alejandro is like mostly with other people. Like, yeah. Was Alejandro's pretty much with his mom. Yeah. Most his mom of the time, like, honestly, like that's the strongest relationship he seems to have in this movie. It's yeah. honestly sort of fucked up that this. This movie seems to be patting itself on the back for telling a story about this blended family, but both in film language and just in terms of, like, screen time, they keep him separate from his adoptive family for the most part. Yeah, like, I don't really... You don't get a lot of that, like, sibling... You don't get the sibling stuff. Right. Him and you him don't... You get one scene of him with just De Niro and Diane Keaton. You get right. no scenes of him 
with Sarandon, except for the very, very, right, very, the very, end, very it's end. Presented as a moment that's supposed to have emotional payoff, but it has no emotional payoff because they barely interacted. Where he calls her mom, and you get the impression that like maybe this is the first time he's ever called her mom. And Susan Sarandon's like, oh, and it's like this is supposed to be touching or moving. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, not very confusing anyway because like I don't get the impression that Susan Sarandon did any part in mothering. No, I agree with you. I'm sure it's very nice for this woman to be included in this family. I don't think you need to call her mom yeah. because she probably was not much of a mother to you. Was she? Because I can't figure out how long has she been with De Niro. I, I thought, know. yeah, I don't Didn't think they, it's that long. Yeah, they, well, so it said they Eight were married. Years? They said in the synopsis that Lee wrote, it said something like they were married for 20 years and then got a divorce. Yeah. I'm going to assume that Alejandro, at the very least, was probably like, I don't know, 16 oh, when they okay. got divorced. So maybe Susan Serrano was there for two years of his life. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. That's a big maybe. That is a stretch then to call her. You can just call her BB. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think it's enough to just say, like, you know, you're an important part of our family and yeah. I'm glad you But here. I mean, sir, she. Cl- Bibi clearly like wants to be a part of it because there's a bit where they're talking about the um the lines the like what are the height marker lines whatever oh yeah 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 a painter almost paint them out and I had my knitting needle to his throat yeah yeah so she she clearly wants to seem like yeah I think she's honestly maybe the character I feel the most sympathetic for this movie is like this poor woman really wants to be considered a part of this family and then thirty minutes in she's like I guess the best thing is that I should go now which is a shitty feeling and I get that she's the one who decided to leave but I understood why she was mad at Robert De Niro because De Niro made no effort to try to find a place for her in this situation. No, I agree. And it's also, again, it's it's weird that the movie does this. This is not a Susan Sarandon choice. That she kind of plays it for laughs throughout most yeah. of the movie. Like, you think it would just be an issue where she's really upset that she had to cut herself out of this. But it's mostly just like, she's showing up as the waitress. Right. Isn't yeah. that nutty? Well, should we jump into her now, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Again, what is this character? I guess she's... I mean, she's kind of, kind of the wild and free one, I yeah, guess. Yeah, kind of like hippie... Yeah, hippie-ish. I think she's also been a little bit more like suburban mommy yes. than... Because, like, you have, the, like, all those ceramic dogs throughout the house. Yes. They show the one shot that she has pictures of her dogs arranged in the shape of a dog on the wall. Yes. And Diane Keaton, like, is like, oh, no! And she's so like, tacky. Yeah. Um, so it is sort of like, again, a strange sort of thing. Like, are we delving into stereotypes to present this woman as this type of person? Or is she like a subversion of this? I like, mean, I don't know. She honestly comes off kind of fairly like genuine and earnest. Mm-hmm. Man. Just like, you know, she's in a happy, happily in a relationship with Rob De Niro. Wants, wants to, to perform kind of lingus on her. I think there's, there's a more obvious one-to-one between her and her birdcage character. Like, I think she's supposed to be the Nathan Lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, because she's... She's well, not as turned up as Nathan Lane is. Right, no, because, because, well, right, because, I mean, that she is, like, in Birdcage, Nathan Lane is, like, the character who feels like he has no place in this family, right. so they kick him out. And, and is, quote-unquote, too much. Yeah. Right, but and then he shows up again in, like, a different capacity later on, right. intending to be someone else. Or, anyway, there there's a lot of bizarre connections to the Kaja for you. we want to touch on? I guess, I um, mean, Robin Williams is woefully miscast as a Catholic priest with yeah, not funny lines. He is. It just sort of feels like they hired Robin Williams but like, Robin Williams will make this funny. He was He's like, like, nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not getting paid enough for this shit. Yeah. I will read exactly what's on the paper. I kind of feel like you have to imagine, like, I, I can only do so much, guys. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't make this the script you, I can't make this no. better than what you wrote. It's also just that I, I think that that character should not be a Robin Williams type no. character. This character should be sort of buttoned up straight man type character. And Robin Williams is not that in this movie. He's a light version of Robin Williams yeah. basically yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I mean, in the way, that's kind of the way I think that he's meant to be written, but there were a lot of directions you could have taken. You could have had wise priest, well-meaning, who's just the, who is just trying to constantly get people like ground the device with the movie. Mm-hmm. You could have like stuck up, buttoned up priest who's right. just like Make shocked by all these answers. Right, right, right. Or you could have like, uh, like sort of wide-eyed, like, what the fuck have I walked into? Just like flustered constantly by right. all these people. I mean, it also, again, comes down to the owning consistencies in his character. Yeah. When you first meet him, he's doing that, that Catholic thing. I can't remember the name of Quick Anna. Yeah, thank you. With uh, Ben Mars and Amanda Seafried saying Do you like speak oh, English. Right, to, yeah. To, he, he like he ben tells Mars. Yeah, Ben Mars, have you been, you know, intimate with her? And it's just like all these things, and then he'd be like, hmm, yeah, really, like I really guess you're going to hell then. Yeah. He seems kind of okay with it whenever he's talking to Robert. Like he seems a little bit more approachable. Mm-hmm. And then at the end he seems perfectly fine. You know, so it's just sort of like he starts off as being presented as this kind of crusty, very traditional priest, and then we find out that I guess that's not the case. Yeah. By the way, this is reminding me, as much fun as we have at the expense of the O'Connors and just how like racist and out of touch they are. The oh movie. my god, it was so funny how racist. I know, right? It's so hilarious. Yeah. I almost kind of feel like the movie thinks that by doing that, they're like 
hypocrite, but the movie itself is terrible in how it approaches it. Right. I, and I, they hired a yeah. white man to play this character. Mm-hmm. They refer to him as not Caucasian right. in the movie too, which I think is, yeah. it would be one thing if he just sort of never said it. You right. Know? But the fact that you're outright <laughs> saying like, he's not, not white. <laughs> Certified Latinx but, actor. Exactly. But then there's like all the times they put that uh, beige grandchildren line in Catherine Heigl's mouth. That felt weird. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm cool with you using... I mean, I think it's just the sort of early 2000s thing where it's just sort of like, we can show how cool we are by making these characters utterly reprehensible in terms but of like... But they're like straw men to the point. No, I know they are. Yeah. I'm saying like they always are. What it is, is just sort of like, even though your characters may be not as progressive and cool as you think they are, these people are so much worse. I guess, Boo yeah. Them. You have to make them so disgusting yeah. that right. just casually using the term beige grandchildren is like, cool. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, and like when Katherine Heigl is like, oh, Chicago's it's... full of spicks and Jews, and it's like, ah. Oh, why didn't you so... say the word? Yeah, it's so this funny. This is the year for that, because we've had Just Friends. Yeah. We've also had just the, <laughs> the classic early aughts uh, casual homophobia racism. Yes. yes. And just just the sort of just, it's like, again, in those situations, I'm like, the joke is literally just that. Like, right, I mean, the joke yeah. in here is just like, isn't it funny how fucking racist they are? Right, like, yeah. Like, I, it's I'm hilarious say, that they're racist. Um, we are, pro- pro- brace yourselves for a healthy dose of that next month. Get us some strong mogs, Lee. Yeah. It, <laughs> Make I'm them double. Just thinking, of, just thinking like, I'm just scanning uh-huh. Cliff Notes going movie through in my brain right now. Uh, I apologize because it's going <laughs> Actually, to be pretty bad. I was thinking the other day that I think at the end of the summer, I almost kind of want to see if there are any kind of stats we could run on the choices yeah. we made casual and see, see what kind of trends there were just because <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. I'm sure casual homophobia is going to be a big one. It's a huge one. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a lot, guys. But I mean, like, that's all over this movie. I kind of feel like the the kind of racism they employ in this movie is just sort of casual and comfy as well. Mm -hmm. I think the entire plot line over, oh, they're from Mexico. They don't know how American, da-da-da-da. It's just like, ugh, that feels gross. It definitely feels like, I I totally agree with you, Brendan. I think they turn up the dial in the O'Connors to just try to be like, they're the racist ones. Yeah, they're the true villains here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where I'm just like... Bisexual racists. Where I'm like, no, it's both are true. Right? They're they're so indecent. They're bisexual. They're queer and they hate brown people. It is, yeah. It's sort of like Katherine Heigl is representative of the movie and they're like, it's okay when I'm saying it because I'm saying it to upset racists. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, is there anyone else we want to talk about? What other about? Ben Barnes? I mean, I poor Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes like demanded sea for you. Nothing. Should like, not right. have been cast Again, in this movie. But, no, yeah. he shouldn't, but I like Ben Barnes. I think if this character were not supposed to be written as a Colombian, Colombian kid, yeah. I would be completely fine with Ben Barnes being in this movie. He's fine. He's competent. He I think, spoke Spanish well. <laughs> yeah, I think Ben Barnes is a charming enough actor that this could work. He looks like again, a baby in this. Yeah, he he's a little baby here. But again, who's Ben Barnes in this? What's his relationship with his with his like the family who raised him? What's his relationship with his birth mother supposed to be like? Really, it's like all these questions that you can potentially raise with this character, yeah. and you don't raise any of them. And like again, he's getting married. He's making a big change to his own family. So like, what is his family situation? Which is true across the board, I think, in this movie. That's something I I keep coming back to in my head, where I'm just like, you had you you set up so much plot, and then you don't do anything with it. You set up so many plot lines for these characters and do nothing and it's not as if you didn't have time you had the whole middle yeah and i guess it's just this whole movie it just feels like a waste of time honestly but it just it's bizarre to me that i'm like you gave yourself so much to do and you did none of it why what was the writing choice there amanda seyfried i think is the biggest afterthought in this movie really barely matters i guess she cared enough about alejandro going through with the catholic stuff to like have a true pre-cana with him because she was like, thank you for doing that. But right. and that again, was like, like one of the two scenes she has alone with the guy that she's marrying. Right. And, and again, like her parents, I guess, must care about this more than she does because she doesn't seem to care too much about it. What about her parents says that they're super Catholic? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess that, yeah, in a smarter movie, it would be about the pretension versus the reality. And right. Shell, like, I think that's what that, like, that is like the theme that this movie kind of half-heartedly digs up and never does uh-huh. anything with. The fact that like all these people are kind of lying about who they actually are and who yeah. they're pretending to be. And it's all coming to head at this wedding but it doesn't matter in this movie because these conflicts don't really matter and you don't know who these characters are so you don't know who they're pretending to be and who they truly are in fact it is wild to me by the way just thinking back on it that Catherine Heigl took off for a family member's wedding and straight up left her husband (laughs) yeah that's why I thought it was her boyfriend 
Like, I was yeah. so like that made more sense to me because when people are like unreal because like in the beginning when everyone's like where's Kyle Bornheimer if 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 you say like oh my boyfriend's not here I, I'd kind of be like okay maybe there's a reason if your husband's not there it's like oh something bad's going hey, you're on you're married to him right I don't know I mean again that's like the <laughs> smallest problem with Catherine Heigl's character also um and we can we can move on after this but she, Catherine Heigl has the worst hair I think she's ever had in this movie no it's reprehensible she, she has like mom hair and. It's like a, or not even, it's like a grandmotherly bob. It's like very, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's a bad look. And it I ages feel, her like 15 uh, years. Yeah, I feel bad for Catherine Heigl in this movie because it's... So did Paul and he loves I, Catherine Heigl. That's why we started watching this movie because we went on a little Heigl kick. I don't and, know that I've ever seen Heigl in like anything really. 27 Dresses? Nope. Oh, that's kind of like the good one. Well, she's I in some know. real shit, but that's... She's not all I really know about her is like one. The Ugly Truth. Mm-hmm. hate that movie. And, um, but, but I, like, just, I associate her with like, I, I, I associate her and um, our next month's lead, Kate, not, what is the name? Kate's a Kate. Oh, um, 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 um. Uh, how to break up with a guy in 10, 10 days. Kate Hudson. Hudson. Wait, is Hudson? Hudson's in the next one. Mm-hmm. Is she? Yeah. yeah. She's in my movie too. She's yeah. really good too. Oh my like, God. Hudson. Uh, I associate sort of Hudson and High Goal with just sort of like, B and C tier rom coms. Oh, yeah, yes. I think, that's I think accurate. They, both, they both kind of had a similar trajectory where they when they first came out, it was kind of like, oh, like these are new stars, they're kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, what will they do next? And it's then the answer kind of ended up like, well, you chose to be in a lot of movies that were kind of crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Heigl had a slightly different trajectory because she like really Grey's had a Anatomy. huge launch on Grey's yeah. and yeah. Roswell. She did both of those shows yeah. that were really And I don't mean to time. like, to be fair, like say this is like a knock on their skills. It's right. more just kind of at the time people seem to sort of be like, what exciting right. things will they do? And sort of, well, they did rom-coms. That's what they did. Yeah. So I, I just never have seen, I don't think I've seen her in anything. Interesting. Not even knocked up. No, I've never seen Knocked Up. That's also pretty good. I frankly don't know what you would have seen her in thinking about it, honestly. My side of the movie. Yeah. I just yeah. know who um, she is yeah. because she's prolific in the rom-com world, but I've never yeah, seen her rom-com. I would check out at least 27 Dresses. Uh, maybe. <laughs> she's also in this very weird, again, this was... I mean, that has James Marsden, so at least you have James Marsden. <laughs> again, Does he Paul, get the girl? He is the lead. Paul the loves... Lead. Um, yeah. He loves Catherine Heigl so much that he calls her Katie. And wow, um, a little familiar, Paul. During this Heigl kick, we also watched. She was in this drama, sort of. It was like a drama D, I guess. But it's basically um, Catherine Heigl and Josh Duhamel are the godparents of Josh Charles and Christina oh, Hendricks. Yeah, and then they die, baby, and then they die. Yeah. So then they basically just move in, and our parents to this kid. And yeah. I wouldn't say it's like a great movie, but you're like. Huh, this actually works more than I thought it would. Right. Justin Hill's another B and C to a rom com guy. I would say he's even he was. closer to like I, D list. Like, I think he's like kind of phased out of that. Is now. he the one who is in, in Jupiter's the... Legacy? No, the rom com. Jupiter's the... Legacy? I don't know, Jupiter's Legacy. That was yeah. the failed Netflix superhero TV show, and he had this big silvery oh. mane, I and he got, he got mega ripped yeah. for it, that, and then it that, like, failed. That just, like, came and went to a, a no no audience. Yeah, I, I don't think cared. you could ever ask anyone about having seen that, because right. no one saw it. It yeah. doesn't exist. Much um, like this movie doesn't exist. The one that I'm thinking of is the one about the fountain in Rome, where they, they throw the coins in. <gasps> oh, oh, with Kristen Bell? What was yeah. it called? Three guys in a fountain. <laughs> something like that. It's got some wishing well or something. Yeah. But it's like it's got when in Rome. When in Rome. It's got yeah. John Heater. It's one of the that movie is so bad. I forgot yeah. about that. You know what I get there has there's one good joke in that movie, it's, which is um, I forget who plays Josh Hamill's. I think it is Josh Hamill. I could be wrong. Could be it could be his superior version of him, which is I'll look real quick. Anyway, but it's his Jason best friend. Bateman? Jason Bateman, yeah. yeah. Jason, if it's like you can't get Jason Bateman, you get Josh Duhamel. Right. It's, it's exactly what I'm it's thinking. It's Josh Duhamel. It is Josh Duhamel. Is it Duhamel or Dumel? I don't know how to... You it's said Duhamel. Dumel, Dumel, I don't know. I thought it was Dumel. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. You said Dumel, but I always said Duhamel. Anyway, uh, there's a scene where he his best friend comes over to like cheer up his Josh Duhamel, and he, he comes in, he just like... He's not expecting company. He opens the door and like there's just shoving the six pack through the door and he and the guy just goes, Six beers enter, no beers leave. That's the only thing I laughed at. That's a pretty good joke. I mean, this movie has a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so you know. A seventeen? Yeah. Wow. This is maybe fertile territory for Which some one point is that? in the future. When in Rome. When in Rome. Well, maybe. the whole point is that she thinks that uh he only loves her because of the coin. The coin she threw in the Then it's revealed yeah. that like the priest put the last coin in and the priest has been like secretly pining for her the whole movie. Do you know what movie I got that one mixed up with a lot is Leap Year? Oh, I, I could... saw Leap Year more than once. Good lord, that movie is 
Yeah. And then, I get it mixed up with the one where Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds both pee into a fountain and switch bodies. Oh, that was that's <laughs> something. No one, no one saw that. But wasn't it called like switch? I don't know, like flipped. the switch up, some shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. Flip up, switch up. No, the one I'm thinking of is um. The fuck is it called? What? I just described it. Leap year. leap year. Oh, leap year. That's what it was. <laughs> you said um, it. You it was. Said it. it was. Uh, it was Amy Adams and um, Matthew Good. And Matthew, Matthew Good. Good. Yeah. And she and travels to Ireland or wherever because, like, you her propose... dead boyfriend played by a miscast Adam Scott. Yeah. Yeah, because you can propose to your boyfriend on leap year. You can do you that. No, that's a thing. Yeah. You, you can only do it yeah, then. Though. You can't do it any other time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, didn't you want to talk about weddings in some capacity in this movie you had said earlier? I thought there was something you said about... Because we were talking about how, like, a whole big thing about this movie is that everyone acts as though that there are, like, sort of strictures and rules that you cannot break when having a wedding. Yes. And, but, like, like, there's a protocol. Right. But it's all, like, it's all bullshit because it's all rules that we make for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of once There are you... no rules, but that which we place upon ourselves. I've also been kind of thinking about that way in a more general sense of, like, I've been reflecting lately. To that extent, I actually feel kind of like the queer identity is a gift. It forced me to reevaluate whether or not any of these societal rules were important or necessary to me. And in many ways, I decided they weren't. And I kind of feel like having crossed that bridge is especially hard for me to look at the idea of taking a wedding to that level of seriousness and I just agree. like, the fuck cares? Right. I have to say, I guess technically I am queer, but I'm here to tell you that you do not need to be queer to think that weddings Oh, I know. You're queer and you're here to but tell you. <laughs> just to see how many straight people don't seem to think about it as critically, I'm not saying that it's inherent, but it's, mostly like that was the thing that I think pushed me to think a different way about it. I would it. say it is at least 70% capitalism behind this idea yeah. of weddings. I was also going to say it feels like there is a lot of influence from parents when it's that sort of thing too. Yeah. Not always. Sometimes yeah. it is the people having the wedding but a lot of times there is like the parents wanting to put this sort of idea that is historical weddings used to be controlled by parents right. it used to be like well you're just gonna marry this person you see an economic right. deal essentially broken yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 you're yeah, taking for, my daughter it's gonna be a good thing for me you know wedding used to be not about they were not it's only pretty recently that they're about love it used to be like well you need to marry this person because yeah, yeah. uh we must our, our, our species must persevere. <laughs> Our wealth must be combined. And even now, people just do it out of fear of dying alone. Yeah. We got but, 99% of weddings. But yeah, uh, it's... 50% of marriages. Now, it's just become this thing about, like, because of the historical and cultural importance of, like, getting married, everyone feels like they have a stake in mm-hmm. saying how it gets done. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got news for you. No one does. Yep. Yep. It's, your it's choice. up to you, unless yeah. of course your parents are footing the bill, in which case you probably got to deal with that. And by the way, there should be a bill of fight. I know that's what I'm saying. Like if your parents are footing the bill and you don't want to deal with it, don't deal with it. Right. Yeah. Do something else. Elope. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't to dismiss anyone. Like, oh, well, my parents would like... kill me. I'm like, okay, if that's what matters to you, then fine. I guess I just can't conceive of a situation in which I care enough about what someone else thinks about my wedding that I'm going to do it differently for them. Yeah. I just, I I can't, like, the situation that I was talking about about earlier is, like, the whole seating arrangements bullshit where it's like, oh, you can't put Aunt Ethel next to Uncle Tim or else, like, it's gonna fight. We're like, fuck them. I don't care. They can be, they're they're adults. It's a fucking Southwest flight up in here. You right. fucking, it's a free-for-all. Yeah. Everyone gets to sit where they want. Pick your seats. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's the way to do it. It you is! Should be, you should put some, like, nice standing tables and stools around yes. and just, like, let people mingle. You know what? Exactly. Fucking Let great. it be an actual party. If yeah. you make, I feel like when you make it a seated banquet, you you put in this idea that everyone <laughs> needs to be acting a certain way. Yeah, I liked that um, when we were playing D&D the other day, where I'm running a very, like, social-based one-shot, and, and when, <laughs> when, I, when I had, like, the dinner portion where, like, I would sat you guys with a bunch of other people you you described your tactic as like trying to get everyone by saying like well let's get into that like wedding table right. party camaraderie of just like and I like, oh I see they put all the hot people from like the, the two <laughs> weddings I've been to where that has been a thing where, where I've not been at like the, the table with all the jerks in the back because <laughs> that's been the case for a lot of them is just like right. I don't have to do that because they put me at the table with all my other jerk friends right. so that we don't have to talk to anyone else but when it is just sort of like yeah when it's like oh my god we're all here we don't know each other let's just try to get through the night guys. right yeah. let's just yeah. have a good time that's kind of a good movie prompt right there too you know like if you wanted to do sort of like a real time and I not watched... even a movie about like people at a wedding like yeah. like thrown into a table who don't know each other just like groom's I... friends and yeah. bride's I... friends right like some co-worker or some yeah. family member like you know what that's a good that's a good prompt I'm pretty sure I've watched that movie. I mean it probably is a movie and I'm pretty sure it's called The Singles Table and I'm okay. pretty sure it had who is the lead from Pitch Perfect Kendrick yes Anna Kendrick I'm pretty sure it's already Anna Kendrick that sounds like a familiar title I was going to say if you want a good wedding movie plus one with Jack Quaid 
Uh, Jack uh, Wade? Jack Wade. Who's Jack Wade? Quaid. 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 Dennis Quaid, Quaid and Meg Ryan's kid. Oh, I've never, I don't know that I've seen him in a... I think you I may have. have. He's drifted in and out of some surprisingly famous things. Yeah, he's... And, um, he's... A very he's with Maya Erskine in that movie. Is Meg yes. Ryan... From, from Pen15. Yes. Has she always been married yes. to Dennis Quaid? They were married. They were. They're not married anymore. Now Dennis now Quaid's she's... married to, like, a 20-year-old or I some shit. It's so gross. Yeah, it is gross. And, uh, she's... Uh, I don't know if she's married, but she's now with... John Cougar Mellencamp. They were engaged. I don't know if they're still engaged or. Oh, what. he's on the boys. Yes, he's on the boys. I've never seen the boys. I've never either. seen the boys either, but I know he's on. He's on uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm told it's good. He was on Comedy Bang Bang it's not too long ago. Um, he's like he's he was a good sport. Podcast or the TV show? Podcast. He was a good sport. Yeah, yeah. I don't he was. That. He was on. Um, no, he's very charming, likable, and it's a pretty solid movie. Plus one, I recommend it. I also want to say just real quick, circling back to the thing we were talking about originally, this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was that there is a line also, and we can like fade out into the end of this because we're probably at that point anyway. Yeah. But there is a line where um I think it's Amanda Seyfried says something. To Ben Barnes, when she's mad that they're excluding Susan Sarandon, she says something like, she and my mom have been working on this for months. Right. It's a weird detail because it implies, one, that Diane Keaton has had no involvement with this wedding, which is really strange. And two, that Susan Sarandon has had such a huge involvement in this wedding, which I don't get from necessarily looking at it. It's just... it's it's, a good point. Or just that, like, the idea that Susan Sarandon and Christine Ebersole have been, like, working on this together is another relationship that I don't get from this movie. What what baby water? Okay. So I'm just saying again. So much of this movie is alluding to details or traits or character aspects or relationships that never are shown in any meaningful way. It's so much tell and never show in this movie. Tell and then you immediately move on. So you're like, okay, I guess that didn't mean anything. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe it did. And then you just keep doing that until no one and no one, no one or anything means anything in this movie. Yeah, the finest thing you can say about this movie is ninety minutes. I know we're going into fixes, but legit, what do you fix in this movie aside from just deciding don't do half of this shit? I mean, yeah, mine's pretty minimal. Go ahead, yeah, start. So I feel like a it's sort of like some of the other things going where it's like. Tell a different story about a wedding or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, start from scratch. Or but, like maybe pick one of the seven yeah, lines you had in the mix. My minimal thing is that the thing I cared most about, I think, that I found most interesting and maybe not quite as done before was... Uh, and then it kind of ruined it because it did go in my normal Tristan group. But how, in the beginning at least, it seemed like the three uh, main... Well, okay, Kate... Oh, sorry, what's her name? Susan Sarandon, mm-hmm. uh, Diane, Keaton. Diane Keaton, and mm-hmm. Robert De Niro... Yeah. They all felt pretty like comfortable with each other and like, well, you know, you know, we we were friends and like we've been married, but like we're divorced, we're all like too old to give shits anymore. You're happy with him, I'm happy by myself. And I kind of liked this the three of them as like a unit in the movie of just like, you know, they They all know where each other stands. They all like, know where yeah. each other stands and they're pretty comfortable with the status quo. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I care uh, most about. And I guess if I had to tell this story uh, I would probably do something like just again eliminate either the weird Catholic family or the biological mother and just pick one opposing force at this wedding that would find the three of them and their sort of weird not like it's an open relationship but their sort of weird non-traditional arrangement dynamic or arrangement as like bizarre and like oh what's in, in, you know disapproving and. I wouldn't go through the route of like, well, we have to pretend like we're normal. I would just have a story around this conservative family is coming to this wedding and they have to put up with this, you know, this divorced slash I'm your best friend and we're all a unit. We all live in this house together. We're all doing things, you know, like we're all part of the family. Mm. And it's just like sort of shitty Mamet script of like <laughs> people having family conflicts for two hour for an hour and a half. Uh, I mean, I sort of had a similar fix in that way where it was, I was just thinking like, you could just kind of do a like Robert Altman-esque, like yeah. it's the day of the wedding where right. just, you're going to get the story and the circumstances through the dialogue that's right. going just to be follow naturalistic. follow people around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, especially if you're going to have an ensemble this big, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's fine. And I also think uh, if you, when you write it, right? Um, you can tell us a lot just through those conversations that the camera is able to take in. And I feel like 
a wedding as an event has so many other recognizable events nested into it that you could get a lot of mileage out of that form. And I think that way you can maybe have a few too many plot lines, but that's okay because you're just sort of cycling through it all. You're just, you're having this experience. Um, I also agree. I kind of, I, what I would want to do though, is just kind of turn some characters up in certain directions. So like, I want Daenerys and Sarandon to be a lot more decidedly and out loud, like, bohemian and hippie-looking. He's a sculptor. He has this giant tree where everyone has, yeah, handmade... Uh, they, they show that in the movie, like, uh, customized plaques. little, like, plaques, plaques and yeah. nameplates or whatever. Um, I feel like you can explore this idea of the O'Connors having already known that they were these kinds of, like, hippie... And that have more actively trying to fight this wedding. I think the whole biological parent plotline, I think having biological mom there is fine. I think making that into a conflict is weird and it ends up creating a, a dynamic that the, where the movie kind of ignores Alejandro. So I'm like, let's just not do that. Let's just take the easy antagonist of the conservative family and just have that be that. You just can explore the different interactions these two families are having while they're inhabiting the same space. And I think that's interesting enough. You just make it this big bottle episode movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think unquestionably the choice would be to axe the biological mother in my yes. version of the story. I truly just, I, I don't quite get why she's there and why this matters and why yeah, this is a source of position is on it. Yeah. And, and I think that's just like the easiest thing to extract. I think you can still have Alejandro be an adopted son. That's perfectly fine. And I, much like Lee, I kind of like the idea of playing up the idea that this is a family of three, basically, where it's like Diane Keaton, Susan Serena, Robert De Niro. And I also think that there should be more of like a class difference between them and mm-hmm. Christine Ebersol and her husband, it's kind of like they all know each other already. Mm-hmm. Like They're all like these rich white people Neighborhood living, fam. Right, living in Greenwich who probably all go to the same country club. So it's like, how different are you really? You know, like yeah. first we can look down our noses at Christine Ebersol and be like, oh, she had a facelift and she's racist and they're being, you know, investigated by the government, all this bullshit. But it's like, you're kind of still the same people. Right. You have an absurdly large house. You have so much fucking money. I mean, it could just be like different parts of Manhattan, which you were earlier in New York right. City, right? Like we're the artsy of Brooklyn people. And right, like, yeah, like we've had this house in our family for like three yeah. generations. Like you bought a fucking penthouse off of Central Park. But that's also like that's a clear and defined contrast. I feel like everything that should be more heavily contrasted in the movie is so mushy. Right. I think also that um, really, in my ideal version, Topher Grace should be gay because, like, if a character is gay, I pay attention to the movie more. <laughs> simply the way it's going to be, honey. Um, I, it would also be more interesting. Fuck it, he's ace in mind then. Jesus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to have sex at all. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. in either of those scenarios, that character confronting the idea of like having sex is interesting because if he's gay, then it's like that is sort of a big step. I did. Yeah. I mean, I just don't want it to be about like I don't think like oh, that yeah. matters. At a wedding, you know, like I don't think like while this wedding is going on, I don't want his subplot to be should I have sex? You know, you're okay. Either you've had sex or you haven't. Either way, you're okay with yeah. it. And it's it not could what just your be about. if you wanted to do anything, it could just be like, well, um, younger younger brothers getting married. What about you? Right. Older it's also one? just yeah. not a conflict. I haven't yeah. had sex yet. That's not a conflict. Yeah. yeah. I think he also seems at peace with it until he isn't. Right, and until he isn't, then he is. And <laughs> yeah. like, whatever. I, I think also that like really you should be focusing more on the family dynamics rather than these external forces. Like exactly. the thing with Catherine mm-hmm. Heigl and her husband, and like oh she's pregnant. I fucking hate that's bullshit. I like the idea more that Catherine Heigl is this woman who, when her dad said that he had an affair and is getting a divorce from her mother, she hundred percent sided with her mother. Decided she hates her dad, never wants to see him again. This is the first time that they've probably been in the same room since that divorce happened like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Or whatever mm-hmm. and so like that's something right there right like that's something you can build off upon you don't need this bullshit about how like oh she's also hiding a secret about having a baby she, she's squabbling with her husband and blah blah blah, blah, blah. they don't even explain why she took off i mean i guess it's the baby but they don't they never they really get into argument husband yeah not yeah husband have but arguments here's the thing i joke i just want to make it i just want to say this out loud once because i think i just gave a scoff while i was reading the wikipedia summary but it is bonkers that they decide like well these they were having unspecified marital problems and in the end it's solved because now she's Right. No. That's Again. exactly how your parents got divorced. Right. Yes. Exactly. If one thing solves all their issues, it's throwing a baby into yeah. the mix. That's so bananas. Just 
question? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's so many easy ways. Like, maybe it could be that she is pregnant and it, like, threw them through a loop because they never planned to get pregnant. Well, they never see that. No, I know they don't, but I'm saying, like, this is an easy way to do that. Yeah. You don't just have it be like, they're squabbling, also there's baby. You just have it be like, all of a sudden, one morning yeah. she found out she's pregnant and he's kind of, like, panicking Well, it might be the opposite that. because they, they said that she thought that she was um, infertile. Right, yeah. And so I think, like, that's fine, too, you know? It's just, like, this changes what you thought your life was going to be. Yeah. And you know what? If you, like, have an argument and are if, kind of panicking about that, that's okay. That's yeah. normal. You if should. If the movie was about that, that'd be fine, but it's, like, also she's having a fight with her husband. Right. Yeah, about huh? what and, and results how. Like, and relatedly, I took off, left him in Chicago, yeah. and now I'm here for the wedding. Yeah. Weird. I mean, truly, it's just an issue of, like, if, if a wedding is about you redefining what your family is going to be, you need to define what this family is to me and what this family is to each other. And that is what this movie 100% does not do. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if your plot is light. It's okay. Like, you don't get a whole lot of story. You just need strong characters. You need a good scenario for them to all be in the same place. And it needs to be so much funnier than this movie yeah. has to be, which has, like, a needs, couple of jokes. like, an emotional three-line of, right. like, getting through... It, the plot can just be getting through this wedding. Yeah. But you need, like, an emotional three-line of like, you know, what is the center of this? Right. And I think, again, like I said earlier, it could also sort of be the idea that, like, everyone has defined themselves as X when actually they're Y. Yeah. And so, like, their emotional through is just that, like, throughout all this, they're trying to, like, assert who they actually are and who they will be in this new familial relationship that they're trying to work out. Yeah. You know what? There it is. There's your fucking big wedding. <laughs> Uh, do we, I guess before we go, would you recommend this no, movie? No, Absolutely no, no. Again, this movie, this <laughs> you movie, did. Yeah, I I, <laughs> this movie unequivocally does not exist. This movie <laughs> is, is this immediately a lost <laughs> episode? Yes, <laughs> I swear to God. Like, I will go into Voodoo later and look for it. It, is it like, won't be there. Doing just like uh, the two of us that have actually started watching Loki. It is like something that would be in the TVA. Is like it came from an alternate time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, like like then like, all these. Actually, like Owen Wilson's just a soda. It's just like uh, yeah. it's just, just like all of these people seized. just gathered. Yes. For all this. these people did this movie. This movie came out and was released in theaters, and no one knows about it. It's, it's just um, like this movie doesn't exist. I can't remember the title of it, but uh, there is a Mandy Moore movie that she made with Kellen Lutz, like from the Twilight uh, yeah. films. And uh, that was another, like, disposable, like, shit wedding movie with, like, a weirdly stacked star cast, but it also, like, does not exist. I mean, it happens every now and then. Every now and then you get movies like this, where it's just like, this movie should exist in some Um, capacity, but it just doesn't. For the reason... it's not good, so don't bother finding it. Yes, so, like, the reason why I suggested it was, uh, I felt like it exemplified a lot of the weirdness we're going to see again in some future movies. I felt like this was a pretty good opener to the idea of like a summer of wedding films or just you know uh, rom-coms and margs but i just felt like this put out there some things i feel like we're gonna see again like no and i gay stuff is so yeah, funny right. um fat ladies uh i guess are hilarious. One. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah foreign people they talk weird they talk they so weird um i mean look like this movie is not was not a painful watch, is right. what I will say. Like it's ninety minutes long. It it goes down pretty easily. It's, it's I mean, there's nothing to it. Right. I mean, so like <laughs> at the very least, you know, like I, I get why you would recommend this, which is also like and the problem with that, of course, is why that like our fixes are so kind of inconsequential. Yeah. Because like this movie is so inconsequential to begin with that all you can say to improve it is just like, I don't know, do it better. Right. <laughs> it's just like it, it you'd only watch this with like an anthropologist curiosity. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's the only reason to watch it. Yeah. You're studying it very st- very somberly. Be like, this is a uh, yes, this is strange film. reflection. Yes. Yeah, so this is what a film is, eh? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I guess it is. All right. Um, you can find us online and various places www.trappack.com facebook.com slash podcast you can like subscribe rate us uh, yeah go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and do all that there review there as well that's all I got should we buy it out to Here Comes the Bride no no we should just buy it out I don't have time for gimmicks bye sexual like muffin oh no row 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 your boat gently down the stream But a dream, a swinging little nursery rhyme to help you through the day.